Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, May 20th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them that Locked On sent you. We have got for you guys today uh, my return. I'm Nolan Bianchi. Thankfully, I've got two excellent gentlemen uh, on the screen with me, Scotty Bentley, Ethan Smith, who've been holding it down for me while I've been on vacation. I am back. I am glad that I like did not that my vacation was not contingent on like the the Red Wings having their season ending press conferences, uh, because I was like once we got to Thursday, I was just like, all right, sick, like. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, wait. I, I did my time. Uh, <clears throat> and he ended up not talking until I was on my way back uh, from the Smoky Mountains yesterday, Tuesday, uh, as we record this. Um, and we get the news that Jeff Blashill is indeed coming back. I don't know if it was news at the time that we finally received it, uh, but a lot of frustrated people on Twitter, surprisingly amount of, of frustrated people on Twitter, uh, because you would think that this is somewhat of a foregone conclusion by now, but uh, I'm rambling. I I just got caught in a corner and I don't know how to get out of it. So let's introduce us. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi, Scott. <laughs> Hi, Ethan. <laughs> How's hey, it Ethan, going, Ethan, uh, Ethan, great energy on your uh, on on coming into your episodes. Well, I was yeah, yeah. You know, there's only two of us. Got to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. He did bring a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of entry, especially when I said, you know, Ethan, how you doing? Where, where you usually yell at him. He really was, was sensational, mm-hmm. honestly, to put it lightly. Well, what's funny is that like me and Ethan hosted the show, just two people for a really long time. And he still did the same low energy intro when it was just me and him. So um, very I think clear it was more that... of a like spite you thing. I don't think it was. No. Like yeah, I, yeah. 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 That's, I'm literally, I just wanted to make that clear sure. that that was what was happening um what you're talking about but since it has been such a long time since i've been here and since that news uh did come and and quite honestly not a whole lot of other news we got some larkin we had a larkin press conference on wednesday uh we will get to that but i have during my time in the mountains centered myself not really but uh just over this last week week and a half when we didn't have any news and we've been uh spinning our wheels trying to think of explanations for things, yada, yada, yada. I completely kind of came around and was like hoping that Jeff Blasio would be brought back. And I know this sounds crazy, but I have nine reasons. I'm going to do three per segment. We're going to mix in some of the other news uh, alongside with it. We did, uh, like I said, get that press conference from Dylan Lark. And we also heard from Mark Stahl today. Um, But I figure I'll, I'll relay three per episode or three per segment, and uh, we can kind of go through them. Uh, I listened to a little bit of your guys' episode yesterday. Great job with it. Uh, But my number one. Thank you. Ten things that are nine things that should make you feel better about Jeff Blashville coming back as a Red Wings coach. Number one, this one's kind of gimmicky. Mo Sider winning SHL Defenseman of the Year yesterday. I'm going to say this why. Because 
him bringing back Jeff Blaschel, probably the most controversial move of his tenure as Red Wings general manager. The first controversial move he made was drafting Moritz Sider. And I thought it was absolutely beautifully poetic that those two things coincided on the same exact day. That was Steve Eisenman's way of going, hey, hey, remember how I know more than literally all of you? Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start there. I think, well, you know, one, Nolan, I just wanted to say it's great to have you back. Um, yeah, but I'm, I completely understand with, with where you're coming from, you know? Um, and in the sense of having one controversial moment to another, but I'm having, I'm having a, a hard time, I guess, <laughs> understanding where, like, why is that? It's believe in Steve. It's believe in Steve. Something that has it's a big part of me, like kind of turning on this opinion is Darren McCarty. He said it on our podcast. He said it on other podcasts. I listened to him. Uh, he has always said, I don't need any other answers to any questions about the Red Wings besides because Steve Eisenman said so. And I think that at times when we get lost in these dark days of the rebuild, we start to trail away from that a little bit. And uh, I think that the, the Blaschel disdain was probably the furthest from the light that a lot of Red Wings fans have strayed that are straight. The, the, the Blaschel disdain now is probably the furthest that Red Wings fans have strayed from the light. And I've heard things throughout the season, like when Steve Arsman going to get Chris, when it, it's, it's ridiculous. He has not made uh, Ethan. You said this on yesterday's episode. He has not made a bad decision. His one controversial decision looks like his best decision. Does it not? Yeah. Yeah. Believe in Steve. Number two, this team improved <laughs> dramatically despite being decimated by COVID and most of the replacements really not like either just not getting the amount of playing time because of injuries, um, whatever it may be, Bobby Ryan, uh, John Merrill gets shipped out at the deadline. We lost him for a couple games uh, to close the season. Troy Stetcher got hurt. A lot of those guys got hurt. This team was like, yes, very, very different from last year, but a lot of the guys that you were relying on were, for the most part, the same. Like, your top six forwards, it's like, okay, if Fabry and Larkin don't score tonight, we're screwed. Like, that was still kind of the same team that you had. And despite that, you managed way more wins. And I've looked at, you know, I, I've laid out some of the splits on this show before versus good and bad teams, and they make me nervous. But when you look at this roster at the end of the year, how many guys were missing? Bertuzzi, Larkin, uh, Fabry. Obviously, Mantha got shipped out. And the fact that they were still picking up wins in any manner after back-to-back seasons like they've had, to me, was just stunning. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I mean, the, the weirdness of the year, like everyone had to deal with the weirdness of the year, but the fact that we, had, we dealt with the weirdness – of, of this season and took a step forward is definitely something um, that I can comfortably give him credit for. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. He also had a good end of the year as well. 100%. Not, yeah. Two not, years in a row. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the game's getting canceled qualifies as heavy. Well, I mean, didn't, okay. they didn't lose not, them, but Right. That's you know. fair. I meant, I meant more. <laughs> Like a garbage the last yeah. the last year that we had an end of a year or two yes yeah, yeah. Uh, all right number three this one's directed to you scott oh. you said that you don't think he's going to be the guy 
when they compete because you've Correct. never seen a coach manager, whatever it may be, go through all phases of a rebuild from start to finish. And it turn out to be a successful one. I think something we all need to recognize right now is that we are dealing with a completely unique situation from a front office standpoint. And that means that we're going to be dealing with a unique situation on the coaching standpoint. I would argue that the, the reason that this has never happened before is because GMs aren't secure enough to make a decision like this. Most of them are not. Well, like I, I'm struggling to think of a lot of other GMs in this league that could survive with the hearts of their fan base, the trust, the love, the what Steve Eisman has today after making an unpopular move like he did on Tuesday. I, I genuinely don't think that I can I really think of any, especially not in this city. Yeah, no, definitely not. I, I agree with that for sure. And so the fact that he has the cachet uh, to do that, I think lends itself to his ability to make that decision, even if uh, other GMs might not be able, most GMs would not be able to make it. And we can also think of it from the opposite perspective too, because you hear a lot about how players going through struggles and hard times together makes that like passion, camaraderie, yada, 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 all that stuff so much stronger so much sweeter blood is thicker than water all that good stuff i don't see any reason why this connection can't happen with a coach and his team and and you know have it be in in three years when they're fighting for a playoff spot and you look around the room and you say damn these guys were all here when we sucked and now look at us i think that's a that that can be something that galvanizes a unit you look at john cooper in tampa i know it's a completely different situation but to go through that horrible horrible sweep in that first round to stay with it you have to know that everybody in that Tampa Bay Lightning locker room wanted to win for John Cooper just as much as they wanted to win for themselves and I think that that could have this pretty speculative statement to make but uh could have that same galvanizing effect years down the road sure that's a really good take um God, I missed you on this podcast. Um, so, okay, I have a question for you guys then really quick. Is What do you guys think it'll take for Red Wings fans to change their opinion on Blash? I don't know because something to me that is a bit confusing is that like Red Wings fans, the same ones who want them to tank next year and tank next year and, and be in the sweepstakes for these next two drafts, and uh, the people who think that Blash is only being brought back because he's a bad coach are also the same people who get frustrated by the losses. And like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You have to, you either see progress or you don't, and you're rewarded with or for that through draft capital in a sense. And I feel like a lot of people want it both ways and you, you just can't. Yeah. Like, I mean, like super, cliche but like winning solves all i mean if 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 a winning product is is anywhere near our remote future then like all all, you know i think people will be back on board with him like they were if you remember when we first brought him up i I think it was pretty much a consensus fan base wide very popular move um the the only thing like it would I don't know. I, that's a, it's a good point, and it absolutely is something that could happen. But I think it's uh, 
I'm not sure it's like I'm thinking in my head, you know, oh, this is uh, one of the reasons why I'm happy he's back. Like that could very well happen. Your point you just made could end up uh, coming to fruition. But I, I, I don't know, like it would make for a cool story and like for sure. But I, I don't know if, if that trumps like in two years from now, I don't think that camaraderie trumps like a more talented head coach. But why do you say he's not talented? Like, like I know the. I'm not. The whole I didn't thing, say like, he wasn't talented. A more talented head coach. Again, how do you know that that's on the table? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, if in two years from now, if a more talented coach is on the market, someone that that is a better coach, whatever, however you determine that, then Jeff Blashill, I don't think that I personally would choose the guy that they had just gone through everything with, even though he's, he's whatever, subjectively, objectively, whatever you want to make of it, than said person who's a, like if, if, yeah, I I guess I'm just going to end up repeating myself. Well, and here's the thing, here's what I would say to that is I think the thing with sports fans is that the grass truly is always greener on the other side. I mean, unless you win, that title sometimes you see teams win title look at washington washington won the title and they had to get barry trotz out of there because it was just his time to go like the the grass is greener on the other side and look how that i can't remember the guy's name that they brought in uh he was there for like a year and a half and he got fired um and i just don't know like i there are so many teams out there where fans have an issue with the coach so many winning teams where fans have an issue with the coach. And I just don't know, like, I, I wonder if we just beat ourselves to death with it because we're in this vacuum and we have nothing else to talk about of like, they could, they could be doing this instead. They're doing that. Like Mike Babcock, so many decisions that you could criticize the way he ran uh, Z and Pav into the ground his last couple of years. Like, would you consider Mike Babcock a more talented coach? Possibly, but is ego that negates that talent still kind of encompassed in the same package or do we separate it um yeah i mean i mean that's i think that makes him a less talented coach not a talented coach with an ego problem in my opinion i I mean i don't know i don't know that it's that's i mean that's like a whole debate that's like a whole rabbit hole right like if blashill is the head coach for babcock's teams are those teams as successful is basically what that comes down to and that's like a whole like own entity of an argument in itself. So. All right. Uh, we got to get to point four. So let's talk to the folks about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Uh, chain stores, they got different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. They always offer the best price available rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. I think that's pretty messed up when they do that, and I think you should too. And that you should go to rockauto.com because they're for everybody, they don't require a membership or account login, uh, or any of those types of things. They have engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever you need, they got it whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And when you get there, just write uh, or go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on. And there, how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts of your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. 
Right from the faceoff, Red Wings control. Conwall to Zetterberg. Alrighty, boys, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are going through the top nine things that should make you feel at least a little bit better about Jeff Blashill coming back uh, as Red Wings coach. We just went through three, round of four. Uh, the, 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 the notion that Blashill wastes young talent. I saw our buddy Pete going, uh, going to town on this one yesterday, and – I don't remember if he listed everybody on this, but I went through and just kind of went through all the young players uh, and yada, yada. Mantha was traded for Verona, Panic, and two high picks. A successful, a very valuable asset. Andreas Athanasiu scored 30 goals, was then traded for two second-round picks. Philip Sedina, widely regarded as a player who took leaps and bounds this season, is going to be a premier player on this team throughout the course of their rebuild. Tyler Bertuzzi, one of the core players on this team who has done nothing but exceed expectations since joining the NHL. Dylan Larkin scored 30. Then last year happened. That's just kind of a wash for everybody. Uh, and then he made a clear effort to make his defensive game uh, more well-rounded this year. We saw a little bit of a, uh, a decrease in his point production. He didn't have the best shooting percentage. He had a bad luck on that front. And, Steve Eisenman flat out said yesterday he doesn't ever want him to lead the, the league in goals or lead the team in goals. He wants him to be very solid up the middle, uh, defensively, offensively. And that's a scenario that Steve Eisenman lived as a franchise center where he was scoring and the team wasn't doing anything. And he realized, you know, through the, the tutelage of Scotty Bowman, maybe it be through his injuries, whatever it was, that that makes you a more successful hockey team. When guys can do that, Robbie Fabry was traded here, completely turned his game around, found new life in Detroit. Michael Rasmussen had a weird start to his career where he had to go to the wings because the whole AHL or OHL rule uh, suffered injuries, yada, yada, had the start of a breakout season this year. Looks extremely impressive. Again, like Philip Sedina, leaps and Browns better than last year. Adam Ernie. Just had a breakout season. Giovanni Smith did well in the NHL last season. Chalowski took a step forward. And that leaves, by my count, unless you guys can really think of anybody else, Evgeny Sveshnikov. So you have one first-round pick in the last five, six years. If we're not including Chalowski, which the jury is still kind of out on him, but I do think he looked a lot better this year. That leaves one first-round pick that you're mm, – not high on and people are still pretty high on him. Like I think all in all, that's a pretty good scenario. Like you, nobody is going to hit on five straight first round picks. It's just a fact of life. It's just not the way the draft works. And so when I look at all of this, I don't think he has, or I, I don't think anybody on this team has, you know, obviously blown anybody away. Nobody's been in contention for the Calder or anything like that, but who has, genuinely not been very good because of Jeff Blaschel. I can't really name anybody. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like that. I, I think people want these kids just to play a lot more and it's, it, it's, 
but it's just not the fact of the situation. And I and I have we something can't on play that these, in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't play these guys twenty minutes a night. They're not ready for that. I know they're you're saying oh give them opportunities oh something could like it's the the odds of that happening. It's it's not it's so low. Yeah, you, can, you just you can't force people into roles that they're not ready for. And on top of that, none of these guys. Like all, all of these, these young first round picks that like people are frustrated with and th- think that they should be stars. None of them were top five picks. So like the, the boom to bust ratio already is like, you, you didn't get a, you didn't get a Capo Caco. You didn't get an Alessi Lafreniere. You didn't get those like types of guys. Who's like, Holy crap. If you mess this up, like you're an idiot, like, I, and so when I just look at the the, the totality of it, I'm like, what's, what's the big deal? So, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, the next two drafts are loaded. This is number five. Next two drafts are loaded. So even if you don't think he's the guy, uh, you can tell yourself that they're going to suck on purpose just to get some more bites at the apple at first overall, uh, which I simply cannot, still cannot wrap my head around this idea of sucking on purpose and deliberately hurting your core. Uh, but whatever. You can tell yourself that if you really, really still are not on board with this. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if you're still not on board, at least we will suck and be, <laughs> and uh, have a better chance at number one. Were you just but, calling us out for uh, believing in tanking a little bit? No, 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 no. I'm saying like, I'm saying like, even if you're on the side of, uh, like, oh, I get what you're this, saying. This, like, this, this right. move is going to sewer this team, you know? Right. Like, Well, then we're going to get the number one pick. Yeah, like, then, yeah, yeah no, you I got a chance at, at Shane Wright. Right. Yeah, Jesus, that'd be a no. phenomenal thing. Hey, that's um, that right there is a, the uh, the uh, number. He's center, right? Shane Wright. Am I thinking of somebody yeah. else? Yeah. That's your number one point getting center there. Yep. And Lark's just a perfect – see, it's all on the Iserman plan. All on the Iserman plan. Just have to believe in Steve. Uh, number six, I know you guys touched on this yesterday, but I got to throw it out there. Dan Bilesma is gone. And if you look at the actual effect that this power play had on this team this year, Ooh. and it's wins and, and like the power plays track record and one goal losses, it is stunning, frankly. Uh, yeah, there's some, we, stats. we went through it. I think that, I think during that stretch, like where they had, this is all paraphrasing. So don't quote me on this, but I think during that stretch where they went like over 40, that was like an 11 game losing streak or that was an 11 game streak. And I think like during that time they had like six or seven games where uh, they did not score on the power play and their opponent did. And they lost the game by one, either in overtime or in regulation. So if you just look at like the amount of points that they just lost out on because the power play sucked. Dan Bilesma has gone. You need to get that fixed. You you really whoever this next guy is, is to run the power play that to me is something that is on blash a little bit, but um, hopefully any, that will be a substantial. Yeah. Noel, do you have any, um, I guess, early opinions on somebody for that job or like, so, or like uh, somebody to target for that job? I really don't. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I, it's like, it's weird with like uh, the NHL. Cause like, there's not, I don't really know a lot of assistant coaches like in the NFL, like, you know, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, but I guess I just don't know the rest of the league like that. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. 
on that front. But it does need to get better. And that that is something that he will be judged on. It's hard uh, to get worse. Yeah. I mean, 11.4% uh, in last season, uh, second worst in the league behind only the Ducks. Um, I believe it was one of the worst power plays in like the last decade. So uh, you just improve on that a little bit and the record looks substantially different. And we're probably having a much different conversation about Jeff Blashill coming back. Let's be honest. Uh, we're going to get to seven, eight, nine in just a second. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA, action before the next pitch head on over to bet online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information do not sit on the sidelines anymore uh, as this is your chance to get in to the game as teams prep for their run to playoffs so head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n uh when you make your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with that promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, and since we're talking about gambling, boys, figured I'd quick plug to myself. Uh, I made my debut on playmichigan.com, Michigan's uh, leading uh, sports or gaming uh, website news resource around. Uh, did a little bit of a, a Stanley Cup playoffs betting guide uh, for Red Wings fans. We dove, we, we went through all of the future, or I went through all the futures on pretty much every team uh, in the playoffs, uh, reported back on the uh, internal fan conflicts, why, you know, deliberated the odds, did give you a full perspective. So go check that out uh, if you still need to place your future bets on who you think is going to win the cup. And just missed. Moving up, Whitney. Whitney circling. Three to go. Eiserman. Oh. Two seconds. Score! Steve Eiserman. Oh my God. Great seven seconds left. The Red Wings Segment three here at Lockdown Red Wings. We're working uh, my way through the top nine reasons why you should feel okay. Top ten thing or top nine things that should make you feel better about Jeff Blaschel coming back next season. Uh, number seven, Steve Eiserman does not think that this that the Detroit Red Wings are a very good hockey team. Like he, he said it uh, flat out on multiple occasions. Uh, I, I, I mean about it. Rem- yeah. And, and a little bit of a way, <laughs> he, he kind of had a little bit of a, of a, of a twinge to it. Um, when he guys that can produce, it's like, Oh, he, he kept coming back to that. And I thought that was very interesting uh, about where he, views the state of the organization i don't think that going into this i was like steve arsman thinks he has a really good hockey team but uh i just i i was fascinated to hear him say like so point blank um we we need to get better players on the ice and that's not on jeff blashell that is like an organizational front office thing. Uh, and some of it has to do with Jeff Blashell. Obviously he can make those, some of those guys better players by developing them and things like that. But um, yeah, I got that for you. Number, number seven. <laughs> well, well, if, if last year free agents, he was busy last year, he was very busy in the offseason yeah. last year. Right. And man, if he was busy last year, knowing that this year was just going to be purgatory for us. I can't wait to see the sly shit he pulls for the expansion draft on top of free agency 
and who we don't bring back to this team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. The offseason mm-hmm. is going to be very enjoyable. It's it, it definitely is going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover. I just I have no idea where. And like we had comments from Mark Stahl today saying that there's mutual interest. I don't know if I buy that, frankly. Mutual um, interest, baby. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bring back Stahl. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll talk like about that. Like 900k. Time. Um, yeah, I, right. 900k's. That's fine though. Yeah, he wasn't that. He wasn't horrible this so year. So he he no, said that the for 900k. Uh, why not? He said yeah. playing here reinvigorated him. Uh, he said the last couple of years in New York, the last few years, we had a successful run for a bunch of years and then we were going through rebuild. It's hard for everyone. I don't think I realized how much it was dragging on me until I started on a new team and I just got to go out and play and have fun. So um, dude loves his time in the wing wheel. Thanks for coming. Love it. Everybody does. Thanks for that pick, baby. <laughs> uh, and another thing, number eight, another thing that Steve Eisman made very clear on uh, Tuesday was that, he has himself extremely high standards for playing time or for earning playing time. So if your issue with Jeff Blaschel is the way he plays the kids, again, I think this is probably a Steve Eiserman issue. Uh, one of the quotes he had was, you know, he's done an exceptional job dealing with the kids, being patient with them, not handing them ice time, uh, dot, 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 really forcing them to earn it and guiding them along yet being firm and patient. That is a directive from the general manager <laughs> to not play guys who are not being defensively responsible. Yeah. I mean, it definitely and, and, is. Or, or do, or, or maybe not just defensive responsibility, but I'm thinking of one guy in particular. Um, like there, there are a lot of things and, and I see that as a good thing, frankly. It's frustrating <laughs> for fans. Number in the meantime, But like also, <laughs> What's going to get you into Harvard? Your parents having A standards or your parents having C and D standards? If your parents right. went to Harvard, they can get you in there easier. Yeah, man. If they have Come money. Come on, Nolan. Yeah. Well, if they just were on full house. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, I think that that was, a, that was a really good joke that I don't think uh, – that was really good. I, I really respect that. Um, if uh, I, I think – uh, no, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think that especially the comments that he made toward the end of the season about being like, like, hey, we need 200 foot players. You know what I mean? I think that kind of plays into that as well. Um, if you are if he, he's going to hold people accountable and even Steve in the in the presser where he talked about bringing Blashill back said um, Ethan, and I kind of talked about it yesterday, but um, he even said, you know, he this is a guy that he wants in charge when the youth movement comes up. That was one of the explicit reasons he mentioned for bringing, bringing Blashill back. So I think that's a great point. And I was, I've been trying to think about it. Like, what does this look like? Cause another quote he had was it's important to have a coach that has a calmness and willingness to allow the younger players to go through some of the growing pains to me. And this is completely speculatory, but that's basically saying I that like from what I gather, it's better to have a coach that comes over and says, Hey, see this pass right here. You can't be making that. Then you didn't get back on the back check. Um, you made a good play over here, but again, we can't have that effort. I got to sit you for the last five minutes of the period. Instead of being like, Oh, damn it. Get off the ice. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that's, that's the dip. That's like the image of Jeff Blashell that he's portraying to me in my Up mind. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan, I talked about it yesterday. He's not mad. He's just disappointed. That's exactly. the kind of parent he is. Ex- yeah, exactly. exactly. And he just, exactly. he just wants, he just wants A's. 
Yeah. And if you don't get A's, that's okay. He still loves you. You just can't have pizza on Friday. It's right. not the end of the world. He just takes something small away from you. <laughs> Friday pizza day, man. No, that's no, brutal. no going to family video and, and getting that weekend rental. Yeah. Right. Give me right. your PSP no. for the night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, son. And it's not, and it's not in a rude way. It's like, son, I wish I didn't have to punish you, but here's why I do. And to me, this is the, again, this is all speculatory, but I think that isn't as important to have as a coach. And I think that's, that's the way that you keep uh, your coach's voice legitimized in the heads of your players. It would be very easy after the two seasons that the Red Wings have just had three seasons that the Red Wings just had for the players to be like, yeah, screw this. I'm not listening to this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He keeps yapping his mouth and we still suck. He's telling me to clean my room. Yeah. You get it. Uh, (laughs) You get it. And and just eventually just tune him out. And you see that in losing organizations. And Steve Eiserman is building a winning organization. He comes from a winning organization. He already built a winning organization. And so to me, it's just like all of these little things that Steve Eiserman is just putting into Jeff Blaschel. And he's saying, hey, look, if this goes wrong, I got your back. If this goes wrong, I got your back. It sounds like there's been a lot of directives from him that he is now in the media on Tuesday, openly taking the heat for, and I won, that gives me a better feeling about the future of this team under Jeff Blaschel. And two, makes me respect Steve Eisman like a hell of a lot because A, the transparency was there, which is not something that we always get. And B, he's saying like, I have a hand in all facets of our organization because I know what it takes. And if we suffer some bumps along the road, that's okay because that's part of the process. And I just absolutely love that. I feel so good with him at the helm. Some eternal optimism like standpoint here. And I love it. hundred percent. I, I just spent six days in the mountains, baby. I'm feeling good. Uh, number nine, final one, all of the She's guys love him. Uh, we have been over it before. Bobby Ryan sung his praises at his season ending press conference. Mark Stahl and Adam Ernie today uh, sung his praises. Um, so I, that kind of ties into the last point I just made, but when you have a team that has struggled like the Red Wings have, and you don't lose the locker room and you not only that, but like these players, like have an immense respect for the job that you're trying to do and realize how hard it is. Like the fact that Bobby Ryan, I mean, Bobby Ryan is a guy who has been around the block or two. Mark Stahl is a guy who has been around the block or two. He has seen, you know, they, they have both seen rebuilds start. They've seen rebuilds finish. They have been Bobby Ryan is a Stanley cup champion. Like, you know what it takes. You can tell when when something is being built and you can tell when the enthusiasm is fake because I have done it covering the Lions for the last three years under Matt Patricia. You can tell that the enthusiasm was fake at, at times um, when, time, when things got really bad. There were some times where it seemed real genuine. When Mike Daniels came in, uh, Lions signed him in free agency after he got cut by the Packers. He was like, oh, Matt Patricia is a defensive genius. I you don't know if that's genuine because it's like, I I don't know if anybody who ever said a good thing about him meant it. And I don't feel that way about Jeff Blaschel. And that is what it is. I agree with that. I I do think, I do think that, that the players like him. And I, I do think that um, he, I think he has the locker room and has had the locker room. Uh, And I think to your point earlier that, with winning that will, that will only improve that situation that he already has control of hundred percent. And 
I when I when I look at this whole, I guess kind of deal. This isn't this isn't a, a point number ten. This is just kind of something I'm throwing out there. But something that I'm glad Steve Eisenman said was I still consider Jeff Blashill to be a relatively young coach, a relatively young man, um, and in a lot of ways he is developing as well. Yes, Jeff Blashill has won everywhere he's gone, but he has not been a coach for that long. He's been a coach for about a decade, I think from like starting as an assistant through. Um, yeah. I think they said mm, he's been look. in the organization since like 98, but a coach, I, I don't know. Okay. So he was, he was hired as an assistant coach with Ferris state in 99, remained there for three years uh, until joining Miami in 2002 as an assistant started getting into head coaching in 2008, immediately won a, won a championship. Went over to Western Michigan, immediately won a CCHA championship and the NCAA championship in 2011. In 2011, he comes to the Red Wings to be an assistant under Mike Babcock. In 2012, he goes down to Grand Rapids. In 2013, they win an AHL Calder Cup. So, like, it's not it, – I, I just, like, I have a problem with – people like shitting on his credentials. And I love that Steve Eisenman kind of went to bat for him and saying in a lot of ways, he's a prospect as a coach and there's boom or bust potential here. Like there is still a lot of room for him to become a much better coach. And I think a lot about a lot of the things that AJ Hinch has said about the things he's learned, the things he learned in his first stint uh, as a manager and just how he reacted different ways and, and how he can look back on that and change things. I think the fact that a lot of, of Jeff Blashill's mistakes or whatever you want to call them are coming with the Red Wings. I'm happy that they're coming with the Red Wings I, in, in some kind of way. I'm happy that they're all going through this together and figuring each other out because as much of a curmudgeon as Jeff Blashill can be in his press conferences and, and whatever kind of attitude that he has. Um, I, I really do think that there is potential for Jeff Blashill to become an AJ Hinch caliber coach of his respective sport. And um, maybe he's not it's as high price. It, it, it is, it is. But like I said, he's still young. He's won everywhere. And he seems to be, it, you have to show Steve Eisenman something to keep him there, like off the ice. There has to be something in these conversations and these meetings when they're going through the roster saying, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? You have to know through everything that he has said and by the fact that he is still here, that Steve Eisenman thinks Jeff Blaschel is a really smart dude. And um, I think when you have that, it's a lot like the offensive ability that we talk about and we say, okay, well, you need to play defense before you can show off your offense. You need to have a good hockey team before you can go out there and prove you're a good coach. And before you, you have a good hockey team, you need to take some lumps. You need to figure out what works, what doesn't. You're going through some shit, and it is what it is. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how to wrap that up. But I, I am optimistic about this team now that I have spent like a week or so not thinking about it. Um, I'm optimistic about Jeff Blaschel coming back. Uh, because I, I do think that Steve Eisman really, really respects him based on the things that he said about him. Um, we could have gone on for hours just relaying quotes, but uh, I think all in all, that is my biggest takeaway from the press conference is that Steve Eisman really, really, really likes Jeff Blaschel as a person and a coach. And I think that's yeah. important. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, like you said earlier, right. Or, or I guess like, uh, like McCarty said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go toe to toe and get into an argument about whether I know more than Steve Eiserman. So if he's a big fan of his, yeah. then I guess I am too. That's pretty much all there is to it. And I know that sounds, you know, maybe like a cop out, but I, I really, in this case, I, I just don't think it is. I, Steve Eiserman is, is Steve Eiserman. Nolan, you're an absolute buzzsaw today. Yeah, Thanks. you really it was good to be back, that, man. I got nine to ten hours of sleep for six straight nights. It was incredible. <laughs> that is tell. really impressive. I have never felt as good in my entire life. No dark circles. Yeah, I didn't drink the entire time because I was too scared to go up the mountain. You know, after a drink yeah. or two, uh, yeah. with the with the truck and the way that it was. But uh, yeah, so I I just feel like refreshed. I like garbage, but that's about the only only bad thing that I did. Good for and you. I made up for that with sleep. Everybody knows that if you just eat like everybody trash, knows but get shower sleep, it completely everybody yeah, knows. it balances out the health. Yeah. So um congratulations. Yeah, good to be back, boys. Good to see you guys. Uh good job while I was gone. Um anything that I anything that I need to be caught up on. I don't want to like I'm worried that I'm gonna be like missing out on inside jokes. Nah. Um no. No. Oh, is, there is a new segment. Um, it's called oh, yes. Le- Lemon Tree Fridays. Okay. We just we just get an update as to how yeah. So Scott's you read all the lemon tree, right? Yeah. We've had discussions about the lemon tree right now. Yeah. Think, I don't think we have. We yeah. mm, we definitely have. But that, it, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's it's fine. So basically, this lemon tree every Friday before how do you feel about it? Friday, we give a quick little lemon tree update because it's a I think. You know what, guys? This Friday might be the day it moves outside, which is like groundbreaking. That's like as good as it gets. So I'm so happy for it. It's a big, it's a really big day, potentially either this Friday or next Friday. I love that. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Go subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, uh, a new episode will be waiting. And if you haven't caught up on the rest of this week's episodes with Ethan and uh, Scotty, go ahead and do so. Uh, put together some good content while I was gone. Thank you, boys, very much. Thank you all for tuning in. And we shall see you back here tomorrow. We're, oh, we're going to have Chris Peters from uh, formerly ESPN college hockey writer uh, going to do a preview of the world championship. So you're not going to want to miss that. That's why you should subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.